Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. You don't want to make impulsive decisions by any means, but if you know a market and you're aware of a deal when you see it, there's all the reason to act. Before we get into today's episode, are you a fix and flipper who needs some money? You need to maybe do more deals and you're limited by the funds you have available. Well then, Fund That Flip, today's best ever sponsor, has a solution for you. And you know Fund That Flip, right? Your loyal best ever listener, the founder, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show multiple times. And they have been a previous sponsor and they love working with the best ever listeners. And they provide short-term fix and flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy, and you can get funded in as few as seven days. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, go to fundthatflip.com and mention that, well, you heard about it on the Best Ever Show. Best Ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff. Spoken to Emmett Smith. Yes, he's a real estate developer. Go listen to that episode. Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, and a whole bunch of others. With us today, Matt Martin. How you doing, Matt? Good. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Matt. He is the co-owner of Coburton, which is a real estate management company for commercial buildings, single family units, and apartment buildings. He is also a co-owner of Optic, which is a film and digital company. He has worked with celebrities in that regard, I imagine, with Nelly Furtado and Miley Cyrus. He's based in Lansing, Michigan. So Matt, with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure thing. My business partners and I started our film and digital company, Optic, back in 1997. And being a startup, bricks and mortar, you need expensive equipment to film things on a high end. Really just step by step building our company and the equipment, the resources. As opposed to renting from others, we would start acquiring that so we could shoot it ourselves. Mm -hmm. Along the way, our landlord, we were in a downtown space in Lansing, Michigan. Our landlord needed to convert that to apartments, and rather than finding another place to rent, we bought a building, gutted it, renovated it, and it just really took on a life of its own. It was a great thing, just an excellent experience. It took a long time, a lot of money to do it, but again, we felt in the long run, we really saw the benefits of that. 
So a few years later, when the whole bottom dropped out of the Lansing real estate market, we found a duplex in a downtown location, just prime location, and we scooped it up for a steal. It was great in a lot of ways, but it really was not enough of a purchase to justify a shift in our focus and priorities. Mm -hmm. We were still building this film and digital business, and really the duplex was somewhat of a distraction. But, of course, that appreciated, and with renovations to that, came to be a nice little property. And just last fall, we acquired three small apartment building. And with that, founded Coburton Management Company, which has just been a game changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, three of them in one shot or in a short period of time? In one shot, yes. Tell us about it. Well, we've been looking to really expand into real estate for quite some time. But the single family or duplex unit, buying 10 more of those or 20 more of those, it sounded exhausting, Mm -hmm. frankly. So my business partner, Dom, had his finger on the pulse, and we discovered these three eight-unit apartment buildings that were off-market, and we made an offer and negotiated, kept them off-market, and closed on them all at once. And they're really the right size, Goldilocks, like they weren't too big, weren't too small. It was not easy for us to lock down the financing. That was very time-consuming. That was more involved than what we had anticipated. But we were able to close on them, and it's really been a great experience. We'll start high-level, and then we'll get into some specifics. High-level, how much did you acquire them for, and what type of cash flow, or maybe even what's the cap rate going in? 600000 So far, we haven't aggressively increased the rents on the existing tenants, but as they move out, we've been able to increase them to the tune of 25, 30, 35% without any problem finding people to fill them. On average, what's rent for a unit? Some of the long-term tenants pay as little as 410. Mm-hmm. And the shorter term on the newer units would be 550, 570. Okay. Now we are in the process of renovating two of the units that are on the lake, one of which has a lakefront view that we plan to triple the rent. Triple the rent to yeah, 1500? Yeah. It might be more like 1500, but it's right in that range. There's reason to believe we can justify that. We're going to see what the market determines, Uh but it's really exciting. It's not just that it's on our city's essentially only recreational lake, and it has a spectacular view of it. It's butted up next to a park and one block away from three of the hottest bars in town. Oh, man, it's the place to be. It's phenomenal. How much would you need to put into the unit in order to justify or command the $1,500 plus or minus rent? The dust has settled on that. Um, (laughs) My business partner, John, has been spearheading the renovations, So I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it certainly makes sense for this in the long run. It's really exciting. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, you each have your responsibilities and what you're focused on in the business. I get that. The reason why I was asking is because you acquired this property at $25,000 a unit, and 
at $550 for a unit, that's 2.2% of the acquisition of a unit. So 550 bucks is 2.2% of 25,000. And I was wondering, well, if they put in 10,000, that's 35,000 all in. And if they're able to command $1,500 in rent, that's a, <laughs> it's stupid numbers is what it is. It's 4.2%. <laughs> I would love that. I can safely say that we have been and are putting more than 10,000 in, especially for the one with the lake view. We were really going all out. I mean, yeah. it is everything high end across the board. Right. And that would be one eight unit that you'd go high end, or are there units within the eight unit that you would go more high end? Within the eight units, four of them face the lake and four of them do not. The four that face the lake, we certainly are going all out. The ones that don't face the lake, they're very nice, but one of them we're literally finishing in the next couple of weeks. And we'll see what the market commands for that. But I would say those are 8 or 9 out of 10, and the ones facing the lake are a 10 out of 10. Okay. And the reason why I was asking about that is because if you were doing a couple apartments within a building at 1500 but then you're renting the others for 500 you'd get a different type of resident profile. Oh, no, no, absolutely no. We're talking the ones that don't face the lake. We're talking maybe 1100 something like that. But that would create this disparity. The hallways, everything are going to be high end to maintain consistency. So now let's talk more micro level on this deal. You said it was an off-market deal. How did you find it? Through my partner's aunt, who was a real estate broker and was talking with another broker. And she's aware of these properties and we're able to keep it off market and close the deal. What type of financing did you get on it? You said that was challenging. Please elaborate. Well, we know the commercial loans are more challenging than, for example, financing a home as a private loan. We have experience with commercial loans, and we know that there's a certain degree of difficulty with that. We've dealt with loans less than 250000 Once we broke that threshold, we were seeing that the level of complexity and involvement of underwriters was much more involved. And the length of time and vetting was far beyond what we had experienced in the past. And with the length of time that goes by, then that inherently requires more information. So, for example, financials, as a month or two goes by, then you need to provide financials for those months as they've passed, which I totally respect the entire process because in, I would assume, among other things, making sure that nobody's playing a shell game with their money, like maxing out a credit card while they're supposedly have the cash in their savings account or whatever it might be. Right. The process was pretty slow. And in fact, one of the lenders, we've had great experiences with both of them in the past. And after all this time, one of the lending institutions was not able to get the information that they needed to from the underwriters. So they de facto eliminated themselves from the process. Our broker, making sure that everybody was keeping things moving as fast as they possibly could. And when it came down to it, we were not able to get the information processed in time, and that kind of made the decision for us. We were pleased with the interest rate that we got and with the terms and everything else. It was just a lengthy process. Mm. Knowing what you know now, what would you do differently if presented the same deal, same exact circumstances from a financing standpoint? 
Well, we were actively looking, but like I guess so many things that happen in life, there's the idea of looking and the idea of this is the deal we need to close now, which changes everything completely. So had we 2020 been, we would have had things more locked and loaded from our end in a more presentable way. We got things presentable very quickly, but we were not keeping our accounts flush with cash as a bank would like to see. Things were not as liquid as they possibly could be. We were able to get there really quickly along with other things, but of course the endless personal financial statements and that which need to be provided. Matt, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? If you see a deal, jump on it. And I know you don't want to make impulsive decisions by any means, but if you know a market and you're aware of a deal when you see it, there's all the reason to act and be ready as much as you can be. You said these three eight units are in Lansing, where you live. Is that correct? They're in the Lansing area. They're actually in the surrounding communities, which have great school systems, Hazlitt and Williamston, which both are nice little uh, B&B communities. What's your role on the team, just from taking a step back? By and large, I'm involved with the finances and big picture, paperwork type stuff. And we all wear different hats at different times. When we were closing on this, there were significant renovations that needed to be done. So I was spearheading some of the bigger projects, not involving the renovating the units as much, but replacing a roof and decking. So we had to tie into city water in one of the units. So things like that, I spearheaded some specific construction projects. What's it like to oversee the process of tying into city water, and why did you have to do that? That is the Lakeview property that I mentioned is the only one that was not tied in. So that was still on an old well. The wells require maintenance and a cost in and of themselves. Most None of the tenants liked it, and that also stains the bathroom fixtures. So that impeded any ability to renovate. It was a downside to any potential tenant. So that was just really a barrier that we saw to getting these units to where they need to be. They would never be high-end if they were still tied into this well. Okay. That was a process, like any municipal (laughs) interaction. (laughs) The good news is, is that as we did that, we actually tied in in a way that will allow us to provide more water. So down the road, who knows, maybe we'll do a demo and build more units in that spot, given the, the prime location of it. Should that opportunity ever arise, we are already set for growth. Mm-hmm. And then what about the replacing the roof and decking? Can you tell us about the process and anything that stands out to you? Yeah, the roof had been patched in a few different places. And one of those things where it's kind of bleeding money slowly and kind of opening the door to other potential problems. So it's nice to just to get in there take care of it, and call it good for a decade. The decking was, (laughs) that was one where it didn't take an engineer to tell us things needed to happen with that quickly. So that was addressed as quickly as possible. On one of the units, it's an entry directly from outside. So the upper units have a stair on either side of the building and a wooden deck to enter. 
we saw that, again, as an opportunity to upgrade. So when we were replacing it, not only did we give it the proper support that it needed, but then also expanded it. So now both levels benefit because the upper units have more room where they could put out lawn chairs or other things to relax up there. And the lower units are more protected from the elements, rain, mm-hmm. snow, whatever is now that reaches out twice as far from their building as it did before. Matt, you ready for the best ever lightning round? <laughs> as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> All right. First, a quick word from our <laughs> best ever partners. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best-selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there, too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. Best ever book you've read? (laughs) Crime and Punishment. Crime and Punishment? Yes. Look on life. Okay. I should be familiar with that book, but I'm not. So I will check it out. What's the best ever deal you've done? My personal home. I paid 15000 for a foreclosure, gutted it, and didn't put more than thirty into the renovations, and I wouldn't change anything. Love it. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we haven't talked about already? The duplex that we talked about, it was easy to be lackadaisical about getting tenants in there. As I said, it was not the focus. It was not our core competency at the time. So we were not as quick as we could have been to get tenants in and out of there. What's the best ever way you like to give back? With our production company, we're able to send very powerful messages and compelling messages to issues that matter a lot to us in our community. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you, Matt? Coburton.com, that's C-O-B-E-R-T-Y-N. And we are actually already managing other apartment units. We talk about lightning speed. This is happening at an incredible pace. So you're doing third-party management as well? Yes, just in the last two months, and that's already going well. We're, We're filling units at rent rates that did not think was possible. Wow, congratulations. Where are you doing management? Is it just Lansing? Yes, that one is in Lansing proper, nearby downtown. And how many units do you have under management? Eight. Eight. And why do third-party management? A lot of people steer away from that who are initially interested because of the low margins and just a lot of the headaches. And I'm not saying there's not money in it. I know there is, but it's a tough business. For us, I think it's a little bit of a different animal because we have the infrastructure in place from our existing business, it makes sense for us to just grow from here. We hit that tipping point. The duplex did not justify it, but once we moved into having this many units and having people dedicated to maintaining and growing the business, 
it's really just a matter of adding this to what we already have. Matt, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for talking about the case study of the three apartment buildings that you acquired, $600,000. The three apartment buildings, eight units each, so 24 units for $600,000, 25K a unit. You're increasing rents, and in some cases looking to triple the rent, but also putting a large chunk of money into those units to do so and looking at it from a long-term play standpoint. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.